All right, everybody. If you would like to cry, now is definitely the time. The Red Wings, with another disappointing performance in St. Paul, Minnesota, on Wednesday night, facing off against the Wild, last game before the All-Star break, hoping to get a win, entering the game, losers of five straight and seven straight on the road. They fall 4-2. to uh, Yeah, just, uh, just not a good showing all around. They open the game super flat. Minnesota has the first six shots on net. Troy gets a lucky bounce, gets a goal from Phillips Adina on their first shot of the game. Wind up taking a 2-1 lead into the locker room after the first. Uh, they can give up three quick goals to, to start the second, and uh, that's how you get your final score of 4-2. Uh, just a really, really bad, bad second period. Looked like they were looking ahead to the All-Star break. Looked like me on the Friday before spring break in high school. Just uh, just, just really, really sluggish, lazy. Lots of icings that led to, uh, that ended up leading to a goal. Um, you know, but who am I to judge? I'm recording this at uh, 1230 uh, a.m. next to a bag of Dollar Tree Doritos, so I can't really say that I'm doing much better. But uh, I hope you're having an excellent Thursday morning uh, or afternoon or night whenever you're listening to this. This is your host today and every day, Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to tell your friends, tell your family, tell any uh, tell any Red Wings fan who's psycho enough to go through all of this with you to tune in to this Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Lots to get to today. We'll start with a uh, couple moves that the Red Wings made uh, prior to the game on Wednesday night. First off in the morning, they called up uh, Dennis Chalowski from Grand Rapids to replace the injured Mike Green. Remember, he exited that Colorado game with an upper body injury and is expected to be out about two weeks. Uh, so couple couple notes here to start the game. Eric Stahl, Matt Zuccarello, each with a goal and an assist for Minnesota. As we mentioned before, Philip Zadina with two goals, first multi-goal game of his career. Uh, scored on the first shot of the game as well. That marks the second consecutive game in which the Red Wings have scored on their first shot of the game. Uh, I'm no historian, but I believe that they're probably the worst team ever to accomplish that feat. Uh, I'm just going out on a limb there. Devin Dubnik was good in that for Minnesota. Wasn't challenged all that much. Uh, Red Wings got a little bit of pressure on to start the third period, but nothing too crazy. He stopped 25-27. Howard in net for the Red Wings again. With the injured Jonathan Bernier still remaining sideline until after the All-Star break. He was solid again. Uh, score sheet doesn't necessarily reflect it. I um, feel like that's kind of the tail of the tape these days. It almost goes without saying. He stopped 29 of 33. Robbie Fabry, the birthday boy. Uh, unfortunately, he was the one giving away some presents today. He had two costly... Well, I don't know if the first one would be technically considered a turnover. But uh, he got stripped of the puck in the uh, attacking zone that led to a goal once uh, and then kicked the puck right to Matt Dumba on the Wilds' first goal that ended up leading to a goal on the ensuing shot that he took. So not a good birthday for Robbie Fabry, at least on the ice. I don't know what he's doing off the ice. He's actually probably having a pretty good birthday right now. Uh, No work tomorrow, so that's what I'd be doing. Um, Didn't take Wild long to have the game at one. Red Wings took a lead actually fairly early into this game. I know we mentioned before that the Wild had the first six shots on net, uh, but that shot for Detroit coming about three minutes in, and it wasn't even technically a shot. Um, Phillips Zadina was looking to get the pass cross-crease to Tyler Bertuzzi, and the puck just deflected off 
of a wild defenseman stick and up over Dubnik. So not really Dubnik's fault, not really anything that was designed, uh, just a lucky bounce. And, you know, when you're the Red Wings, you're relishing those types of things because they don't always happen. Uh, you're not necessarily always going to get the chance to to have a lucky bounce in the first place. So good on that line uh, to start producing. Uh, I was looking back at the... The last couple of games that they played, and in those last four games, all been losses, by the way. Uh, in the last four games, the Red Wings have played six. Well, first off, they've only scored seven goals in those four games. Six of them have come from that Tyler Bertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, and Philip Zadina line, with Zadina getting two tonight, like we mentioned before. It doesn't take the wild long to tie the game at one after, uh, after Zadina's goal. Uh, Robbie Fabry, like we mentioned, gets tied up along the boards with Ryan Hartman, uh, kicks the puck out to Matt Dumba, moves left, flips the puck out front. Jordan Greenway makes a nice play to locate it and whack it past Jimmy Howard. Uh, and from there, the first period was uh, it was kind of back and forth, kind of evenly matched. Um, Philip Zadina was uh, an animal. He was everywhere. He had a great shot from the slot off a faceoff on his first shift after the opening goal. The next shift after that, he comes right back the other way, has a really good centering pass to, to Dylan Larkin that created an opportunity. Um, Dylan Larkin, by the way, he had an assist on that first Zadina goal. Uh, bumps him up to a team-leading 36 points. I believe he has 12 points in his last 11 games. So... Good to see that uh, production continue from him as we head into the All-Star break. Uh, one guy who wasn't looking ahead to, you know, the beaches and the babes and all that other stuff. Uh, Red Wings get a power play goal towards the end of the first period. We have talked extensively uh, on special teams since this podcast began. Good to get a power play goal, especially early in the game. Get the momentum going. Not a lot of chances for the Red Wings tonight. They were one of two, uh, but they didn't give up a lot of chances either. They were very clean tonight, took zero penalties, so no complaints on the special teams front. Uh, on the goal, Philip Zadina set up in that, in that right circle, waiting for that one-timer, just like we talked about the other day. Went a little Nostradamus over here, said I liked him in that kitchen. He rips a slap shot on a one-timer from Daly. Um, didn't go right in. It's not like it was a snipe or anything. He got lucky uh, with with a couple deflections. But they always tell me it's better to be lucky than good. So they tell me that specifically. I don't know why. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> the puck, uh, puck bounces around in front. Doesn't touch Giovanni Smith. Thankfully, or otherwise he would have been able to celebrate a goal. This poor freaking guy. He's probably the main reason, honestly, why this goal was scored. There were like three wild players out front digging around, and he was trying to move him around, and, and that's kind of what led to the uh, the puck getting kicked in by a wild defenseman. So we're on Giovanni Smith's celebration watch here, so I had to, of course, uh, bring that up. He'll get the chance to celebrate one day. I honestly thought the goal was going to be his. I thought there was no way it didn't at least somewhat touch him with like the mad scramble that was going on up front. But uh, alas. So for the third time, the last, or three of the last four games, yeah. Uh, Red Wings head into the locker room after one with a lead. Everything's gravy. Everything's good. Going to get a win before the All-Star break. Or at least look like they might compete for one. And then, uh, then the second period happens, and we're going to get into it right after this. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is a Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I 
I'm your host, Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi. And uh, I'm here to talk to you about the bad part of your day yesterday. The second period of the Red Wings and Wild. It wasn't pretty. Uh, started off bad. Got even worse. Um, but that's kind of the way this, this team goes. You know, it doesn't really come as a surprise anymore. Uh, but Red Wings take that 2-1 lead in the locker room. Had blown first period leads in two of their last three games and uh heading into the all-star break you're looking for just just some fight in this team they come on the first period uh or excuse me the second period Matt Zuccarello ties the game uh a minute in one of those backbreaker are you kidding me type goals he comes out from like the corner gets a shot on Howard it flips up into the air uh bad angle shot but Howard loses sight of the rebound while it's flipping around, and Zuccarello's able to smack it out of the air and into the back of the net. Uh, about a minute and a half later, Robbie Fabry, the birthday boy, uh, he gets stripped in the attacking zone. Uh, Zucker heads the other way, beats Howard glove side with a defenseman on his hip. Uh, Zucker was very good in this game. He got a couple, couple really good looks. Another one moments later. Um, before you know it, it's three to two, and uh, that's kind of the story with this team. You <laughs> you catch on to these like glimmers of hope, like it sucks. Like even though Zadina Zadina had a really good game, had seven shots on net, just not even like about the fluke goals that he scored, uh, was just everywhere. And uh, you head into the All Star break, and coming into the second period, uh, this team just falls completely fat, flat on its face. Uh, in a way that is quite, quite remarkable. Red Wings don't get a shot until eight minutes into the period when it's already 3-2 to two at this point. So, uh, you know, I just can't imagine that that does great things for morale when it comes to comebacks. So, it's the little things that really hurt you there. Um, Wild got a bunch of opportunities in this, in this second period. And, I mean, pretty much throughout the game with cross-size passes, much like the Avs did Monday. We talked about that a lot. Red Wings insisted that they had a, the team meeting yesterday to tighten up the defensive posture, make sure that less guys are puck-watching, uh, making sure that the guys aren't going unaccounted for and being able to slip back door, etc., etc. And it was more of the same tonight. And, you know, even when it didn't directly lead to a goal, uh, it indirectly led to a goal. Uh, we saw that later in the period when Eric Stahl... Put the Wild up 4-2 with uh, his first goal of the night. Um, really just, a, just an ugly sequence where the Red Wings can't get the puck out of their own zone. They end up icing the puck a bunch of times. Uh, got a bunch of tired bodies out there. Just uh, perfect conditions for, for an opposition goal. That's exactly what the Wild did. They took advantage. Good on them. I know I would certainly try to do the same if I were an NHL team, or at least I'd like to think I would. Um, yeah, just a broken play. Um, well, I mean, it didn't start with a broken play. It started with another cross-ice pass, if you can believe it. Uh, puck goes right between Nemeth and Glendening to Parise, who uh, has a couple whacks at it. Next thing you know, Glendening, Nemeth, Ronick, and N are all within a foot or two of the crease, and somehow nobody sees Eric Stahl coming from from below the goal line, and uh, he walks right out front. Everybody's trying to whack the puck away. He just takes his big body right inside and uh, gives it the old right there, Fred. Whacks that puck in, gives a while the 4-2 lead. 
which would end up being the final score. Uh, Red Wings come out in the third period. No goals in the third period, uh, like we just mentioned, but the Red Wings certainly came out a little bit better than they did in the second, which, considering that it was a period after they gave up three goals, they were on the verge of a sixth straight loss. It was the last game before the All-Star break, which has probably been circled on the calendar since, like, preseason maybe um you know good good for them good for the people who were watching this game and wanted to see something spirited before they go on a break good for all the national audience viewers who uh who had to put up with that i would like to know just in terms of i mean maybe the numbers are a little bit skewed because of the fact that there were only two games on tonight but i would love to know what the out-of-market numbers for Wild and Red Wings, two last-place teams, did on NBC Sports Network. Because whoever, uh, whichever executive set that up is probably in some deep trouble, especially with Winnipeg playing tonight. Like, man, how's that happen? But, uh, yeah, like I said, um, it was good to see them continue to fight, if nothing else, which, you know, this is kind of a season of the... Uh, this is the year of the, if nothing else, for the Red Wings. Uh, Phillips Zadina wants the Hattie in that third period. Collects a uh, collects couple of chances, but uh, unfortunately he doesn't end up getting the third goal on the evening. Uh, however, two Octopi did hit the ice at the XL Energy Center uh, in Minnesota on Wednesday night. So that was pretty cool. Also did make me a little bit sad, though. Like, just made me realize how rare those sightings are those days, these days. Like, as soon as I saw them, I just, like, had flashbacks to Al Sabaka whipping that sucker around his head. You know, juices flying everywhere. 19,000 strong in Joe Louis Arena, like... <sighs> that was the best Joe Louis Arena song. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those like little things that you don't really miss until like it's gone. Like you're not like like right now you're just like dang Red Wings stink they're not gonna win a cup but they're also not gonna launch that giant stuffed octopus out of the frickin' Jumbotron before game one of the first round of the playoffs. That part's cool, too. I missed that part a lot as well. I remember... <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure none of you know this. I'm only 23 years old, so I was a junior in college the first time the Red Wings ever missed the playoffs in my lifetime. And I remember I was in ninth grade the year after the Red Wings and Penguins played for the second time so, like, back-to-back years of, like, well into June hockey. And uh, that next year they had a first-round series against the Coyotes, I want to say. I think they were the Phoenix Coyotes back then, too. Uh, they had a first-round series with the Coyotes that went seven games. And I remember I saw one of my friends in the hallway at school the next day. And, like, <laughs> like we weren't even like, yeah, they won. But you just like, can you imagine if we like got knocked out in the first round? I'm like, I know, that's not us. That's not our team. Well, I'd kill for that team now, frankly. But 
anyways, that pretty much does it for the recap of that game. Uh, don't touch that dial just yet. We got some stuff to talk about in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, pretty just all-around dispirited performance from this team heading into the All-Star break. Um, don't have a ton of easy games coming up on the other side of it. Don't have anything too challenging. A lot of middle-of-the-road teams. You got the Rangers twice in a home-and-home. Uh, at home against Philly, at Buffalo, at Columbus. Uh, then you take on Boston, then go back to Buffalo. Um, so, I don't know. You got to fit some wins in there somewhere. Uh, they're never going to come easy. They're probably never going to come against the teams you expect them to either. So, uh, you know, it's best to just stop looking at those standings and saying, oh, the Wild are in last place too, because they're not the same. They're not on the same level. Uh, we got some updates coming up for you on the other side of this break about some Red Wings defensemen, two of them to be exact. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. This is called a teaser uh, in the biz. But uh, one of them, their name rhymes with Mever Schmaley. And uh, the other is, well, let's just say he's a, he's a f- 2019 first-round pick. So... Chew on that, see if you can figure it out. But before you put that thinking cap on too tight, I just wanted to tell you guys that if you've been a listener of this podcast, and I'm sure you've heard of all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Red Wings is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Red Wings fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Red Wings fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown Podcast, because local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and just let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown Advertising success. And once again... Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the final segment of today's show. You are listening to the Lockdown Red Wings. I am your host, Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi, here taking you through the misery. We just recapped the Wilds 4-2 win over the Red Wings on Wednesday night, and uh, during the game, a couple of updates, a couple of developing stories uh, that I wanted to address real quick. Probably not going to go too much into the. Uh, uh, well, if you if so, if you remember from before the break, if you guessed correctly, the the first hint that was Trevor Daly, and the second is uh, Mo Sider. So, if you guess those correctly, two points to you. Um, I wish I wish there was some sort of like program I could implement. You know. I do, like, random trivia questions throughout. Like, in college, they had, like, the eye clicker, you know. Maybe I could, like, send out a blast, see who gets the trivia question right, who gets it the fat. Well, I guess they have that on Twitter. Never mind. Um, so, yeah, just a, just a couple of things that popped up uh, throughout the game uh, tonight. Um, just a quick note. I, I know I said in the trailer to this podcast and maybe in the first episode or two that we are going to talk uh, a lot about the future, and that is definitely the case. Um, I figured I would save a lot of that talk for next week when there's not uh, any games going on. Um, just kind of have 
more time to expand on things. I do want to talk about, you know, the Gerard Gallant and when's Mo Sider going to come up and all that other stuff. But I uh, figured it was our first week. You know, we're just getting rolling here. And uh, we got no games to talk about next week. So we'll deal with all that then. In the meantime, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi or via the Lockdown Red Wings Twitter account. That's at LO underscore Red Wings. Once again, that's at Nolan Bianchi or at LO underscore Red Wings. Tweet us your thoughts, comments, feedback. If you want to say screw hockey and tweet me your favorite recipe, that'd be cool too. I like to cook a lot. So whatever you want to chop it up about, I'm always game. Tweet me, send me a direct message, whatever. My DMs are open. Um, anyways, so uh, back to the Maurice Cider thing. Tonight, Grand Rapids Griffins play in the Iowa Wild at home in the middle of an eight-game homestand. Uh, they end up winning in a, in a shootout for a three. Uh, but during the game, we get some tweets here from Pete Walner of MLive. Uh, Pete at the game, covering the game for uh, MLive. He tweets, Oh, oh, Moritz Sider checked hard in corner by Colton Beck, goes down in a heap, and helped off the ice. Bent over so hard. Bent over, so hard to tell what he injured, but hit left shoulder, going into the boards, straight to the dressing room. Not ideal. That pretty much sent everybody into a tizzy. I couldn't believe the amount of responses that that got. Like, I didn't see the tweets until, like, after... So here's how it ended. Eight minutes later, he goes, stand down. Maurice Sider just returned to the bench and back on the ice. Remarkable recovery, I guess. Those tweets were only like eight minutes apart. I missed it when it happened, so I didn't like see the follow-up tweet right away. I could not believe the amount of people who had reacted to to Maurice Sider getting hurt. But anyways, seems like he ended up being all right. Uh, obviously, back on the ice. So, evidently nothing too major. But, uh, you know, it's never good when a guy goes into the boards at any angle. When it's a shoulder, you start... Uh, Start thinking about all the things that can just pop out of place or break up around that area, and you start to get a little bit worried. So, good that he got back onto the ice uh, pretty pretty immediately. The second thing we got is uh, Pierre Maguire during the Red Wings Wild broadcast uh, reporting that Trevor Daly has informed Red Wings management that he won't be returning at the end of this year uh, and wants to move on to a Cup contender. Uh, Daly's three-year, $9.5 million contract expires after this season. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. And at this point, you're probably wondering to yourself, well, who the hell is going to trade for Trevor Daly? And to that I say, fair point. Uh, but you never know. This is the NHL. Ken Holland still works in this league. Ken Holland once traded a first-round pick for Kyle Quincy, like, not that long ago. I mean, it is, I guess it is now, but it doesn't feel that long ago. Anyways, um, who knows what they'll be able to get for, for a top six defenseman. But he does have Stanley Cup uh, experience, won two cups back with Pittsburgh uh, a couple years ago. So that's something that uh, teams do find valuable around this time of year, especially teams that like desperately need help uh, on that back end. Everybody's looking for an extra defenseman. How much help he'll actually be, who knows. Uh, I think he grades out as the Red Wings' worst left uh, defenseman right now so honestly I don't think that report comes out if there isn't the possibility of him being traded 
So while I would like to think, well, actually, I'd like to think that they could get something for him. But while logic tells me that you're not going to get anything for Trevor Daly, which, like, even if you make a trade, like, you still might not get much in return. But I would say at this point, anything is better than nothing. Uh, clear some room for, for some of the guys to, to come up from the AHL uh, as the season starts to wind down. Uh, although they are in the middle of a, the, a playoff playoff push right now. Seven straight games with a point, I believe. Uh, I can't remember exactly. I think it was six when we talked on Monday. I don't know. I'll have all that information for you on the on the on the recap, on the Grand Rapids recap on Monday's show. But uh, like I said, I just wanted to you know update you guys on that Trevor Daly situation. Even though like I don't really have too many thoughts on him right now in terms of what they could get for him, who will be looking for him. But uh, we will get to a lot of that next week in terms of trade talk, in terms of draft talk, in terms of all that stuff that I'm sure you care about more than a 4-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild. But thanks for sticking with us anyway. I enjoyed spending my Thursday morning with you guys. Uh, I hope that you can say the same. And we'll look forward to seeing you on Friday.